Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Shaw, and you're listening to a day of prayer this morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for just telling us the words to say and helping us to achieve victory over the devil and just keeping us from falling back and just propping us forward. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, as we continue our study of Corinthians. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to, I'll say double back, if you will, and cover a couple of verses from yesterday as we move forward, um, just so we can have the, the complete thought here, right, um, that the Apostle Paul is trying to capture. So, um, could I get a volunteer to read First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verses four through eight, please? I will. All right, Kyle. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human, not wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor are the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For they had, for had they known, they would not have crucified the King of Glory, the Lord of Glory. Excuse me. All right. So I want to open the floor to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So, I'll say the floor is yours. Um, I found it interesting in verse 6 where he says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Um, I found that part of the scripture interesting because while many people think that mature not only refers to age that you've been inside of Christ, it has nothing to do with that. It's about your willingness and commitment to learn. If people have the willingness to go learn more and do multiple things at once and push forward in learning, they can easily overcome the person who's just, yeah, whatever, I'll just get there when I get there. Who have the lazy mindset of learning. It's the same as true with here. It's not, the wisdom is safe for the people who can actually understand it, so it's not taken out of context of what is supposed to be used because there's some things that dad may, or mommy may say to me I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> uh-huh, go ahead. So I have to reach a point where I'm able to understand what's being said to me, but in order to do that, I must go through the first stages. And I think that's also what Paul's getting at is that before you can get there, you must do 
you have to first have a relationship with Christ. And in order to do that, you have to be able to see that what the Lord's saying is true. There is a, we come into Christ by faith. And then there's also where we're doing a devotional by Kenneth Hagin and how he was saying that most people look for the signs then they get to believe, but you have to believe first and the signs will fall. The same is true here. That's also what Paul is saying. He says, believe first, then all these signs and wonders and power will be seen. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that you can't immediately want to get the deeper things of life. You must progress through it, and then you'll be able to understand. That's a good point, sir. It's not just about the seeing, because he's also speaking here about wisdom and about understanding, right? Yes. So, I love your example of how um, you said there's some things you just don't understand. You don't know, right? Yes. But now we've had many conversations on a variety of topics where you have some understanding, right? Yes. But do you have the full, complete understanding? No. No. Because it's a process. And as you grow and mature, right? Yes. Because of willingness, you are able to comprehend more, which means you're then able to receive more wisdom and understanding and knowledge so it's a continual growth and that's in every topic right so there's also the encouragement to learn to grow and so there's that aspect that paul is discussing here as well um yesterday we had mommy had brought up um wisdom and understanding and knowledge how god wants us to have understanding and knowledge so that we're not being flattened out by cars common sense if you will mm-hmm. to do the basic functions and carry out life but even there it comes to a point where your knowledge and your understanding only goes so far and then you get to that point well what do i do how do i solve this problem Paul says right here, you go to the spirit, you ask him, Lord, what do you say about this? How do I go about this? Because you can only see so far. Dad, you brought up the example. Is it better to um, call a carpet bombing while you're standing in the midst of a tree or to be up on a hill where you can see the whole battlefield? Which one would have the better result and achieve your goal? Well, the one that's higher up and can see the whole picture so when you reach that point where you feel like you're trying to call a carpet bomb and you're in the trees that's the time for you to raise yourself up and be seated with christ on high and go lord what's your perspective what do i need to do here not okay i got this i'm just gonna pull my combat knife out and start slashing everything and then get (laughs) get myself in trouble and i mean i've done that myself there were times that i only knew so much and i'm like what am i gonna do but instead of asking for help i was like well i got this i'm I'm i'll wing it as dad would like to say i'm gonna do it my own way and it cost me in ways i couldn't even imagine um i thought well maybe it, it might just be spanking or something but it was worse than that because i knew better i knew to go ask and to seek the lord and get his counsel on it but I chose not to, which is he who knows to do good and does not do it to him is sin. So you come to that place. What do I do? God should be your first answer. God should be the one you run to first. Mommy always tells us God should be your first 
plan. That's plan A, not your afterthought, not after you've gone through all the human resources you can think of. Now you'll go seek the Lord and his counsel. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. God didn't say, look up Google, get Google's help, and then come to me. He said, come to me first, because our everybody's understanding only goes so far. God is the only one who knows everything, the end from the beginning, and can give you the right perspective and the right instructions and tell you the way you need to go to accomplish what he's tasked you with. If he gives you um, an assignment, he already knows what you need, and he's already equipped you with that. So if you find that you're in a tight spot, he's got the answer because he gave you the mission. Nobody ever gives you a vacuum cleaner and doesn't give you the instructions to put it together. They give you everything you need. If you need an Allen key, it's in the back. If you need a hex key, it's in the back. You've got the instructions. You've got the diagram. So God is your instructions. He's your diagram. That's really all you need is him to get through life. So, And, you know, as we talked about, we, we definitely want to have the whole picture of what God wants, mm-hmm. right? He does not oppose to us using certain things unless he tells us not to use it or Mm -hmm. it's something that directly is counter to his word. So he put natural resources in the earth. He gave knowledge to people to create things and technologies and et cetera, et cetera, to help us, but they're not a replacement for us. So Mm -hmm. the the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is true here. And put first things first. God is first. And then use the, the resources that he's made available to you as he gives you guidance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't want to do the, the Christian, the good Christian. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't want to do that because we're waiting for God to float down a, a supernatural, you know, chariot of fire for us. And he's like, well, but I put people in the earth to help you. I gave the wisdom to help you use that. But he doesn't want us to replace his counsel. And go to him first. Yeah, Layla, I think it's, you know, it's, it is easy to fall into the natural. Right? It just, it, it, but we're supposed to be in the supernatural. Right? And yes. so you made a comment about, you know, uh, there are bombs and pulling out a knife. Right? And yes. so it was interesting because it struck me because, there, you know, from a worldly perspective, there's a saying that says, never bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, I immediately thought, well, why would you pull out a knife if bombs were falling around you? But in this. <laughs> but, but yes. we, Thank we, you. I was a little lost there, too. But, but no, well, I got the point that she was making, but it, also, it reminded me, you know, it's, it's. For me, when I really get into reading like the red letter parts of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you see what Jesus was saying, it was so upside down, so counterculture and so you know just all these thoughts that you know flood through sometimes and so thanks for you know saying that it made me think of things differently but you know what are our weapons right so we actually do bring a sword to every fight and we bring prayer those are the real weapons we launch out right the others are kind of defensive and protective but those are the ones we launch out with so it would really seem like what what idiot would bring a knife if somebody was dropping bombs, but that's exactly what we need. That's exactly the right weapon. And human wisdom would have us believe otherwise, right? Yes. So, like you said, leading out with him first, bringing him into the battle and purposing in our heart and using what he's given us 
to make that happen. So it's just thanks for sharing that. Just kind of made me think about that. Just reminding us how counterculture Jesus was and how upside down it is and how much we really need to go back to his wisdom to get that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's certainly a difference between your natural weapons, a natural knife, and the spiritual sword of the spirit. We, those are the big guns. Those are the real guns. And we, we know to go to God first and use those weapons. But you do have to learn. And you, learn, you do have to learn how to use them. You have to know what they are, first of all. Know where they go, what they're suited for, what their purpose is, and how you need to wield them, how you need to use them. And especially for us as believers, there may be a time where we have a natural knife and using that when it's appropriate and when it's right for us to pull that out. But that we have the benefit and the blessing of being multidimensional people, which is great. We have access to the spiritual realm, whereas where we do our, the most of our business, our prayer is a spiritual thing. Absolutely. It's not a natural thing. It is a spiritual weapon. And we release that and our communication with the Lord, we, we battle in the spirit and then we go do what God says in the natural, like David, you know, or however many people, you know, wait till you hear me in the treetops and then do this or, you know, surround them. And, all, you know, when you hear this, blow the trumpet and break the pots and all of those things, the wisdom of God brings to nothing the wisdom of this world. And he can take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You get beat up <laughs> by a trumpet and a, a broken pot sound. And, you know, that was, that just totally dealt with that, that enemy. So amen to that. Go ahead, Kyla. Oh, I'd like to go back to verse four and five, specifically verse four. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power. I was reminded of the scripture where it says the goodness of God draws men unto repentance. And there's no need for us as believers to Bible bonk. That's my favorite phrase. Bible bonk people, because God is more than enough to draw them in, just like he was more than enough to draw you in. He's more than enough to draw those that are supposed to be his and that are supposed to come into the kingdom. And that's also what I kind of get from verse six that not, well, wisdom does come with maturity, but also the people that are belong to God, they know when God's speaking, they can hear godly wisdom when he's speaking, but fleshly and carnal people, they don't, they're like, that's just dumb. And how we read in previous devotionals, how, God uses the small things to, or the foolish things to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, what I saw was God was saying, my people will know me when he calls and understand his logic and wisdom. Just like if you tell me something, I more like if you, mommy, when you say, go get that thing, I understand what you mean by <laughs> thing because I'm attuned to that. And I've learned to be accustomed when I hear thing, what thing is she looking at? (laughs) What am I pointing at? But you didn't always know. So despite the fact you have been mine since before you came out of the womb, right? And if we go by predestination, you've been mine for eternity, my daughter. This was planned by God. And despite the fact that you have been mine since you said, you still had to learn. You didn't always know who I was and what, who you were. And what I desired and what 
you were made for and what I meant when I said, get that thing over there. You didn't always know to look and watch my follow my train of sight, my, my eye gaze. You didn't know to watch my finger. You didn't know to watch, you know, my hand gestures as I'm describing it while I'm trying to grasp the name of what it is that I'm talking to you about. So likewise, we may be predestined to be the Lord's, but and maturity denotes we've gone through the process of infancy birth to a place of adulthood and completion where we're ready to enact the things that we're designed for. Just like an infant has all the equipment they need to be a father or a mother. Yes. But it's not so it's developed and fully grown and ripened, if you will, until it's actually able to do so. It has to reach a certain place. Yes. So time in is not enough. You had to, you've been my daughter for a long time, but at, you spend a lot of time not developed in the way that you made for that um, particular reference. But then one day you said, let me figure out what she's talking about because her eyebrows change when I don't get it the first or second time. <laughs> and then yes. I'm, with, I'm held up. My day goes a little bit longer when I take longer to understand what mommy means. So let me apply myself. Let me determine to figure her out. Likewise, God wants us to determine and purpose to get to know him. He expects us to understand him because he made it available. The mysteries that Paul is talking about that he, he predestined for us to know that he made available, he left them so we can understand him and then therefore cooperate with him. When he created Adam and Eve in the garden, he didn't just disappear and go figure it out. No, no. He walked with them, right? Yes. In the cool of the day. What for? To teach was it, them. Was it just to take a stroll to stretch his legs, his God legs? No, because I'm pretty sure he doesn't need to stretch his legs. But he did that exactly so that they would get to know him. They'd begin to hear the sound of his voice and recognize him. They'd hear his footfall. You guys, when, when dad and I come down the stairs, you don't even have to be looking at us and you know who's coming. Yes. You know the thump, thump thump of dad and you you know the eh, eh, of mommy or you know whatever it is i can tell each one of you differently my entire household who's coming down the stairs when and i can actually tell how you feel by your footfall is it a quick jumpy kind of hop down the stairs is it a slow trudge i i have that ability because i set forth time and purpose to notice so likewise we have that with our Heavenly Father. He doesn't want anyone to take his place. So why would he make it more um, desirable or easy for some us to know humans, other humans, than it is for us to know him? I venture to say he would not. He wouldn't. Because he has preeminence. I can live my life without knowing people, but I cannot live my life without knowing God. Oh. And I mean the, the fullness of eternity and everything else. I need him to be. I love you guys. I love everybody. But <laughs> the one I, I must have and I cannot absolutely do without is God. Yes. So, and, oh, go ahead, baby. Oh, I was just going to say, and if you don't know God, it's difficult to understand humans and comprehend them because God's the only one that knows truly how the human functions. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just a mystery and a guess game. Well, everything else out of the Holy Spirit is a guess game. But that's uh, the other... I want to say important aspect here is you, you brought up Kyle about Paul talking about his speech and preaching, right? 
uh, they weren't in persuasive words and, and all this other stuff, right? But it, the whole point and purpose, you see in verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then the very next, in verse 6, which you also brought up, says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, right? And we talked about that. There is a, uh, well, I'll let you guys read it for yourself, but it, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 12 through 14 is where he discusses the, the four spiritual states. There are little children, there are young men, there are fathers, and, um, oh, sorry, there are infants, little children, fathers, or young men, and then fathers. And then in verses 15 through 17, you see, this is the Apostle John, right? He says something very similar to what Paul is saying here, right? Uh, about the wisdom and not to be in love with the world, right? Not to to be persuaded by worldly things, persuasive speech and all that. But there's the, the work of the Holy Spirit, which gives that, because one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. You see that in Isaiah 11, I believe 11 too. I'll, I'll let you guys look it up on your own, right? And study it for yourselves. Please study and search to see if what we say is true. There's no offense there. Like, by all means, we encourage that. So, the whole point and purpose is we should know, but we can only know by the leading of the Holy Spirit. The same way Christ went through and conducted his ministry while here on earth, being led by the Spirit. And that was in everything. As soon as he received the Holy Spirit, he was led out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tested and he overcame. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit ministering to him. And there's where the maturity comes from. Because an infant or a little child, as, as you see described in 1 John, they're, as they're growing and developing, and we talked about this earlier, right? There's not that, that maturity or that full understanding yet. So it's the reliance on natural things. This is what I can see and what I can do or what I can grab, or, right? But then when he gets to young men, he says how they have overcome, right? They are strong and able, and they have overcome. And then with the fathers, they also have the what's known as discernment and the ability to teach, right? Uh, infants and little children and even young men or adolescents. This is what you need to do, and this is the why behind it, All right? So what Paul is saying here is, I didn't come the way the world comes, similar to Christ. But then there is also the, the piece of the Lord still uses us people to do his will, to help pour into each other, to teach, to, to help show them, bring them into a true relationship with the Lord. He uses, the Lord uses people to help accomplish his purpose in the earth. So, our role then, and we've talked about this many times, is to bring everything, let everything pass before the Lord. And whatever he says it is, that's what it is. Right? And he sent the Holy Spirit to give us that discernment. Lord, is this you? Right? Does this minister with my spirit? 
Or is this quote unquote wisdom that's being stated right now, is it earthly? Is it sensual? Is it demonic? Which you also see described in first John, right? We should be aware. And the only way to truly know, which you have to know it, but then you also, if you are unaware in faith, listen to what the Lord is saying and, and be on board with that, align with that, right? Is through his Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and what you should say or do, or if you should receive what's being said or not. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing to be a child of the Lord. And he's already put steps in place to help get us from point A to point Z. So it's, while it does require our effort, our first place to come to him is in trust. So work on that. Trust the Lord and build your trust in him and then allow him to grow you through maturity. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, when we, we talk about things, it can seem like it's really complicated. There's so many different fronts and directions that make up what is the human life and the whole and all of creation. There's so many things that come as a part of it. But our first thing should be trusting the Lord. And when you see the the growth that happens when we come into Christ as infants, it starts with faith, it continues by faith, and it ends by faith. And, you know, just relax and, and rely upon God. Trust him, trust his word, and move forward as he gives you prompting. I want to change some uh, topics just a little bit. Verses 7 and 8 are some of my favorite 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 i mean i love the whole word you guys i think i say that almost every time that was my favorite verse (laughs) (laughs) but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the lord of glory you know when i when I think about Jesus and he, he talks about, um, you know, in his ministry, he kept telling them, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But when it does fall into the ground, that is, it brings forth much harvest. And so, you know, this is God going, there's nothing that anyone, anybody can do to usurp, supplant, and stop the purpose and the will of God. There's nothing that can be done. And, you know, when Jesus was on the cross and he kept saying, or before then, he was saying, I'm going to go to the cross. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be raised up on the third day, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's, he's literally declaring, this is what the Heavenly Father is going to do. And no wicked spirit could even comprehend it. That just makes me so confident in the Lord. You know, you can't see me, but I got this big grin across my face because it means I'm on the right side. You know, if you're, you're, looking to watch and see who's going to win, I can just go ahead and tell you, it's already the Lord. God is going to win because the enemy thought he had Jesus. If I kill you, then it's going to stop the plan and the will of God. I understand your God, but you put yourself in this flesh. I'll just kill the flesh. What's going to happen? But that was directly in a line in the plan of God. And so by doing that, not only did Jesus was he raised back to and back to his place of glory with the heavenly father, but he led captivity captive. He got more people to come into the kingdom. That's exciting for me 
because even when it seems like God is weak, how the weakness of God uh, I mean, is stronger than men. Remember that we read that in verse 25. Because the foolishness of God, and that's chapter 1, I'm sorry, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. But it's also stronger than the devil. That, that gives me so much hope and confidence, because even when it seems like God is doing something like, Lord, how does that make sense? For you to get in a dirt body with all its limitations, and, and then to live among your creation in the way that you did, and then die for them. How does that make sense? How does it make sense? All the things that God tells us sometimes, like Dean brought up earlier, it seems upside down when God speaks his wisdom. We're like, but we we think it's that way. We're, so we're the ones that are actually upside down. He's right side up. We just need to turn over and look like him and, and take his vantage point, as you said, seated in heavenly places. But the enemy and the natural people that were cooperating with him thought, we'll stop this. We're going to stop this Jesus right here. Go ahead and crucify him, kill him. But that was exactly what God planned and wanted. So that way now today and even then. So Jesus was able to reap harvest from the beginning of creation to the end of creation, to the end of this world as we know it and redeem it to himself. And that's that's amazing. So it also encourages me. Why would I want carnal and sensual wisdom in my life when God showed how easily he just walks over it? And it comes to nothing and he triumphs over it. That that makes and for somebody like me, I'm I'm a quick learner. It takes one time of me being harmed by something for me to go, oh, two plus two is four. Kamisha won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> I don't mean to make it rhyme, but you know. <laughs> that you can go ahead and put that on that list, Lord. Roger that. I won't be going that direction because I don't want to be harmed. I, I enjoy being sound and whole you know, spirit, soul, body, financially, emotionally, all of that. I enjoy being well. So when I look at this and the temptation arises to go, well, but this is how the world is doing it. Then I go, mm, wait a second. This is the same people that thought they were going to get rid of Jesus by these natural means. These are the same people that thought they were going to supplant and usurp his will with their little minuscule efforts. And they went through great efforts to do that. But God just said, oh, that, that's okay. I'll get right up and good morning. <laughs> and, and not only that, I'm going to plunder your house while I'm in it. Jesus went down to hell and, and vacated it. Everybody that wanted a part of him, come on up. Let's go. So that's an encouragement for us humans, but also you young people. When you're looking at things and you're observing, there, there are paths that are set before you. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there's many travelers on it. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and there are few that find it. So when you're looking at, well, that sounds like a good idea. It seems like they're being wise, and it looks like they're prospering. Jesus did, in fact, die. He was whipped for hours and, bu and, brutal and brutalized and looked like some hunk of flesh that wasn't even recognizable as a person. All those things happened. And he still won. So it may look like the plan that God has. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't even think I like that. Jesus didn't like getting beat up and abused. He didn't like that. But the plan of God absolutely makes sense. And oftentimes when you come to the fullness of his plan, that's when you see the big, ah, you see the big moment that, okay, God, now I understand. It's, it's rare 
even though God, he does give us pre pre-knowledge of what's going to happen. But in the moments, if you're observing, it looks like, man, why are they going that way? That sure seems hard. That's going to take a lot of time, et cetera, et cetera. But the wisdom of God, we are assured. We know 100% it's going to work. And then likewise, the other side of that coin is the wisdom of the world. It's sure it's going to fail. It's only one winner. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of the outcomes should be that our life produces fruit. Uh-huh. And one of the things the enemy likes to do is twist what's going on. Even the good things that God is doing, because he just wants us to doubt. He uh-huh. just wants us to live in fear and doubt, anxiety, anything he can do to rob, ki- kill, and destroy, right? Uh-huh. I think I shared this recently, but I heard somebody else say it. It really was impactful and it would be easy for this to be taken the wrong way, but only a loving God does what's right, not what feels good. Mm-hmm. And so the reward for producing fruit is being pruned. And so sometimes when we're being pruned so that we can produce more fruit, the enemy comes to us and whispers, look at this, you're going through this because you're doing it the wrong way. Look at these other people, how they're getting by. Look at how successful they are. Look at all the money they're making. Look at how they have a wonderful relationship. And it's all lies. Mm-hmm. It's all lies. So smoke in those times, and mirrors. <laughs> what's that? I said it's smoke and mirrors. Yes. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it's, it's not that something as bad is happening to you. It's just a process for growth and producing fruit. And we just have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us determine what that is and not listen to that voice that's telling us something else in our heads. Mm-hmm. So I want to tie everything that we have been discussing together with Scripture, right? So if you could, please turn with me to John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 23. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It says, But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, Him my Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, The voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of the world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This he said, signifying the death that he would die. So in this well, this morning, this Bible study, we have discussed an awful lot about a lot of things, right? About speech and the wisdom of the Lord, right? And the difference that the Holy Spirit gives to to discern between 
with the wisdom of the Lord and what is earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. But also the maturity aspect, right? We must mature in the Lord and in the things of the Lord, which is to say also be willing to hear what he has to say. And you see, even in this, right? And Dean, you just brought this up of how, oh, and Kamisha, about following the plan of the Lord. And in this, the Lord also gave the mystery. Here he spells it out very plainly. This is what's going to happen. I am going to die. And even gives the the death, the type of death that you would have. But then you said, uh, well, and I'll say this, because then there's that that pause there, that 27 through 29, where um, the Lord acknowledges, hey, the soul, my flesh is, is screaming out, but no, this is the reason why I'm here after stating what the plan and purpose was, right? And, and then the voice comes down, but then we also have to, to look at that because some people heard and their, their testimony, their statement was, an angel has spoken, but others only heard thunder. What is Paul saying in this section that we're going over this morning? We speak wisdom among those who are mature noting that there is a difference, that there are some that have, are pointed and purposed to know and to understand the things of the Lord and what he's saying so that they can say them or speak them and do them. And there are others that don't. And then those that don't can't comprehend those things, right? Which is what we're also, is also being exemplified here. And, and, and what Paul is saying, Paul's saying, if they had known, if they had understood with all their wisdom, and, and that's their job, that was a, the role, the job of the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, was to study the word in exacting detail. And they missed it. They did not know the Lord. They did not even see the Lord, even though he stated plainly in, in other chapters, uh, John 8, 9, and 10, that he was the Lord, that he was the Christ. He stated it plainly that he was God, and they rejected it. They refused to hear it. They didn't recognize him, but then even when it was stated plainly, as they asked him to do, three times he states, I am he. Mm -hmm. I am the Lord. It's as you said. Right? It's exactly. Mm -hmm. And so they still didn't understand, even though he told, he spoke it to them directly. Mm -hmm. And then he, he also says, hey, no, it isn't for my sake that this voice came to glorify and to clarify, it's for yours, which means we can all see it. And then, Dean, you pointed this out, and I love this. If we're doing what the Lord said, there should be fruit. What's the fruit described here? If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. That's anyone, right? Which also confirms Scripture that the Lord said, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, for each and everyone listening, mm -hmm. anyone that desires to receive the Lord as Lord and Savior, that chooses to submit to His ruling and authority in your life, can receive Him. You have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's also what He wants. But again, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can choose Him, which I, I hope and I pray that you do. Mm -hmm. or you have the op option to reject him. Mm -hmm. as we, and we see that throughout the entirety of Scripture. The Lord's not there to force people. 
-hmm. Each one has a say over their own life, what they will or won't do. Mm -hmm. And to go along with that, the Pharisees, they did recognize him, but they were unwilling to move past their own lust for power, lust for whatever, dislike of his his beard or, you know, whatever it was that kept them from coming forward because he told them plainly who he was. And so likewise with us, it's not that we never heard what God said, because if you think back, how many times I've heard like, Lord, I heard when you told me that, but I was unwilling to move past myself, my desires, my lust, my control, my whatever it is that kept me from saying yes to him. But he doesn't come in a way that's disguised to us when he stands at the door and knocks. There's no bones about it's Christ knocking at the door. There's, mm -hmm. there's no mistaking that. So, you know, when you're saying that um, they didn't recognize him, what you, what you really mean is they, they, they looked at him. He said, I'm God. You, your ears, it fell on your ears. You understood that you know what that means because you wouldn't have been asking otherwise if you had no suspicion that he was God. He was the coming Messiah. But the, the recognition, the full part of that is the acknowledgement and choosing to put aside my will for yours, which is what Jesus displayed to us. But that's how we move from place to place. That's how we as the believer walk with God and move from glory to glory. God, I see you. I hear you. I choose to move me out of the way to go with you. And that's exactly what Jesus said in those scriptures. Exactly. And it comes down to a willingness, which we see in an earlier chapter, John 7. Uh, I'll read verses 16 through 19, because right, it goes along with it. It says that Jesus answered and said to them, my doctrine or my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Because we're talking about speech and about wisdom and all those other things, right? And then he says, if anyone wills, and some other versions say, if anyone is willing to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine or the teaching, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority or initiative. And then he further clarifies and says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. And then he, and then he asks <laughs> some pointed questions. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? And so even in that, right, we see the saying that we're talking about speech, we're talking about the wisdom of the Lord, he's giving it, also about discernment, we should be able to recognize, and we can only do that in and through the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But then also, let's ask ourselves the question, are we willing? Are we willing to hear what the Lord is speaking to our lives, or are we trying to do the Cain and Abel piece? Cain was unwilling, so he tried to remove the standard. So are we willing to accept and receive the, what the Lord says, which Jesus is the standard. He is the standard and the pattern for our life. Or are we removing or trying or trying to remove or reject the standard? Which is exactly what Paul is seeing, saying here at the end. If they had known, they'd have never done this. But it happened because they were unwilling. So we're going to pause there for today. My prayer for you is that you would just seek the Lord. And allow him to minister to you. Open up your heart and be willing to receive what he has to say. He loves you. And his desire is for him to be with you and for you to be with him. In this life and also for eternity. Mm 
So with that. And that you bear much fruit. Amen. And with that, could I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you that you have continued to bless us, Lord. Just give us your knowledge, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for helping us to understand your wisdom, Lord. Just giving us the wisdom to go about what we have to do on the earth accurately, Lord. So that way we can be an image of your son, Jesus, Lord. And do exactly as he meant for us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.